Mark chapter 10 tonight. Let's look uh, at verse number 46 tonight. Nothing great and magnificent you're going to get tonight, but I'll try to be practical and helpful to you tonight. Um, Mark chapter 10 and verse number 46. And they came to Jericho, and as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great number of people, blind Barnabas, the son of Timaeus, sat by the highway side begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, thou son of David, have mercy on me. And many charged him that he should hold his peace, but he cried the more a great deal. Thou son of David, have mercy on me. And Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. And they called the blind man, saying unto him, Be of good comfort, rise, he calleth thee. And he, casting away his garment, rose and came to Jesus. And Jesus answered and said unto him, What wilt thou that I should do unto thee? And the blind man said unto him, Lord, that I might receive my sight. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus in the way. This story has been told many, many times in many settings, and there's even songs about uh, Barnabas. And tonight I want to learn a little lesson from Barnabas tonight that will help all of us tonight, I believe. Uh, Barnabas came that day just to beg. That's why he was there. There's a crowd, so he's there to beg. But uh, something happened while he was there. He, he, it, it dawned on him who was there in that crowd. And Barnabas had a life-changing experience. We hear so much about this will change your life, that will change your life. These are life-changing things. This is a life-changing sermon until next week, and that will be a life-changing one too. And, uh, uh, they, but the truth is you can't have your life changed any time in any place. But here, this man, expecting nothing that day, had his life changed. I think about this and think about all the people that go to church every Sunday. Every Sunday they go to church. Many of them put an offering in the offering plate. Many of them are nice people and they, they go and they come and they leave and nothing ever happens. If there's any place in the world our life should be changed, it's at church. And I mean, that puts the pressure that when we come to church, we ought to mean business when we're here. We ought to be here for the right thing and the right reason, and we ought to ask God to work in our heart and life because you you get these opportunities where your life can be changed, and this is one for uh, Bartimaeus made, and he did not miss it. So tonight, I just want to talk about a few lessons about, uh, about getting your life changed tonight. We all talk about it. Your life changed. Is there something in your life you'd like changed? I hope there's some things. I hope you're trying to improve. Uh, would you like to improve your life? Would you like to see some things happen? Would you like to make a decision that would affect in years and years to come, and you would look back on that decision and say, that was one of the best decisions I ever made? Well, when you make a decision for Christ and a decision for what God leads you to do, it will be one of the best decisions you ever made. So tonight, let's think of this little story tonight for just a little while and see what God will teach us tonight. Our Father, thank you so much. 
May we get to be with God's people tonight. Thank you for the warmth and the spirit. Thank you for the music that we've heard, how wonderful it has been. And how, Father, we thank you and praise you for the faithfulness of these good people here for so many years. And, Father, I pray that you'll continue to bless. And we pray for the building fund, Lord, that you'll bless and may everybody do their part and work hard. And may we see God bless in a great way, Lord, as we look at this place and the potential ahead. I pray that you'll bless everyone. Bless the pastor, bring him back safely and arrested. And I pray, Father, that we'll be rejoicing in the days ahead because of what you do. In Jesus' name, amen. Barnabas had his life changed. There were a lot of other people there that day. They didn't have their life changed. I mean, and Jesus was there. But their life was not changed, though they were there in the same place. Here is a man who... Uh, came that day, and there were all kinds of people there. I'm sure there's some curious people there. They had heard about Jesus and heard about the turmoil about him and all the talk about him. So they came to see him, much like uh, uh, Nick, uh, not Nicodemus, <laughs> Zacchaeus. See, I'm old. See, Zacchaeus. I got to get in the right version of the Bible. I study out of a lot of them. Uh, uh, but Zacchaeus uh, came the same way. He wanted to see Jesus. Who is this man? What is he like? Uh, you know, and he came to see him. There were people there that day who came just because they wanted to see what Jesus was about. Well, what does he look like? How tall is he? Uh, I wonder what he's like. And they wanted to come that day and see him. Some of them came that day because they just wanted to see a miracle. They wanted to see somebody who was blind to be able to see. They wanted to see somebody who was crippled to be able to walk. They wanted to see some miracle. So they could tell everybody they saw the miracle. They saw Christ perform a miracle. And we could go on and on and on that, for what pe the reason people came that day. But I can tell you one thing. There was one man who came to have his life changed. There was one man who came to be changed that day. When he got there and when he understood that it was Jesus, it affected him. And we'll see that in this story here. But his life was changed. Now, how do we change our life? You're not getting an alliterated outline tonight because you don't pay me enough now. So, uh, uh, <clears throat> but this is, what, this is what I want you to hear me tonight. If you're going to have any, your life ever changed, you're going to improve your life, you're going you're to get victory over something, your life's going to be changed, you're going to have to assume responsibility for your own life. You've got to quit trying to pass off that responsibility to somebody else. You've got to assume that responsibility and say, I want something done for my life, and I'm going to have my life changed, and I'm going to find a way to have it changed, and this is what we have here. You've got to assume responsibility. Uh, this story is going on, all these people are here, but down in verse 47 it says, And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, what did he do? He began to cry out. He said, here's my ticket out of here. Jesus is here. Well, I never thought I'd get to meet Jesus. I never thought I'd be around him, this close to him. Jesus is here somewhere. He couldn't see him, but he was there. He heard the crowd. He's here somewhere. And the Bible says there that he, he began to cry out. In that crowd, as he cried out, Nicodemus didn't know what was in store for him. He didn't know what was going to take place. 
And just like us, you don't know what God wants to do for you. There's no way you know, and I know today, and every time we come to God's house, we need to come with the expectation that I don't know what God wants for me, but I know he has something for me, and I want to find out what it is. Because he does have something for all of us. And we must look for it when we come to the house of God. And he said, I want to find what he has for me. And, and uh, none of us know. But when we come, we find that we find, get much more than we expected. He called out. Like the rest of the crowd was calling out. But his call was different. He called out of faith. He, he moved immediately. As soon as he knew Jesus was there, he took off. He was gone to get to Jesus some way. He was fighting through that crowd. He was screaming so loud. Somebody was going to help him. Somebody was going to pay attention to him. He immediately moved. And if you want your life changed, that's what you have to do. See, I'll meddle with you a few minutes here because uh, this church has a great group of young adults now. And... Uh, this building program coming up, and the things for the future, you've got to make it happen. You've got to make it happen. It's got to be something, you're going to make it happen or die. It's going to happen. And you've got to make up your mind, and you don't know what God has for you, and you don't know what God wants to do with you, but you've got to make up your mind and say, here am I, not I got to pray about it. I always get so mad at that, you know. I, sister, I feel like God wants, the Lord told me in my prayer, I've been praying about this, and God told me he wanted you to do this, and I asked him, and then they say, well, preacher, let me pray about it. Then I want to shoot him six times right there <laughs> and, and bury the body. I want you to go away and tell me you don't feel led now, and don't even bring it up to me again. You, be, you ought to be looking for something to do. You ought to be looking. This was this man here. He, he said, I'm, I'm going to Jesus. I he didn't wait to pray about it. He didn't wait to have somebody come along and explain to him, now, this is what you ought to do. He just said, no, Jesus is here. Man, my life is in darkness. My life, I don't have much going on. I want Jesus. And he, he ran to Jesus the best of his ability. And God has something for you, and God has something for you in the future, and you don't have to, you, you got to realize something. You don't have to feel called to teach Sunday school class. You know what you ought to feel called to do? Whatever the preacher tells you to do. Amen and amen, and God bless you, three Hail Marys and all the rest of it. That's what's wrong in our churches today. God is going to lead the pastor. He doesn't lead me anymore to what to do in this church. He leads the pastor. And you are to follow him. If you want God, to, and you say, well, I don't know where it's going. Well, find out. Why don't you find out where it's going? Uh, why don't you find out what's going to happen? Why don't you find out what you can do? There's some, you see, you look around all these guys around here now, and you think, boy, they're awesome. I wish I could be like that. You should have seen them when they first came along. I could tell you stories about all of them. I want those because I want them to stay dignified and uh, your eyes and all. And uh, I, but uh, I, listen, I'll, I'll tell you, to see people grow is the greatest thing in the world. 
To see somebody who's afraid to take a challenge on, and yet they do it anyway, and then see what God does with them and how they grow and how they... Don't you sit there and say, oh, it couldn't be me. God couldn't use me. I guarantee you he can use you. And he wants to use you. He didn't wait to feel a call. He just responded, responded. He was self-reliant. We need self-reliant people. You don't have to have somebody beg you and plead with you. Well, I quit coming to church because nobody act like to miss me. Duh. Personality like that, why wouldn't they miss you? But you, are, you see, that's not when you go to church. You go to church because you feel like God wants you to come here. And you feel like this is where I ought to be and this is the preacher I ought to be listening to. And I'll, hey, let's, let's get something done. But you've got to make up your mind that uh, you are not going to want everybody to push you and push you and get self-reliant. I mean, start serving God. You say, well, I'm afraid I'll mess up. Well, it'll be okay. It'll be okay because there's a lot of other people messed up too. And I guarantee you today, you see everything out here, but I guarantee you, uh, I guarantee you Brother Stanley's got a list. If he don't, Miss Stanley does, I guarantee you that. There's others got a list around here, what went wrong in the nursery. And, uh, I mean, there's always a, things going wrong, but you know what happens? It all turns out good because everybody's just faithful doing what they're supposed to do. And working together, and that's what it takes, and that's what has to be done. So you assume responsibility for your own life. Say, I want my life to change. Well, then change it. People come up and say, preacher, pray for me to quit cussing. No, I won't. Why don't you just quit cussing? I mean, I mean it, it, it's, it's life is simple. God gives us the ability to do so much, and we have the responsibility to change our life. You don't like the chapter you're in now? Let's go to the next chapter then. You have that responsibility, and you can do it. And we need to be in the business of moving on and keeping our life what it ought to be and depending upon God and not waiting on everybody else to pull us along, baby us along, but make up your mind to please God. If you're pleasing God, it doesn't matter about anybody else. So assume responsibility for your own life. And I'll say, well, I want to preach. I've been talking to the preacher. I want my life to be changed. I tell the preacher I want my life to be changed. Well, change it. Well, he just doesn't have time for me. He doesn't have to have time. He's busy. He is. But you can change your own life. You have the ability. You have the Bible. You have the, you have the instruction to do it. And we should assume responsibility for our own life. Secondly, this old boy started crying out. My goodness, he started causing a scene. And in verse number 51... You'll notice there, the Bible says that, uh, and Jesus answered, saying, what wilt thou that I should do unto thee? Hey, that guy yelling over there, what do you want? What does this guy want? He wasn't saying what he wanted, but he was calling out to Jesus because he knew Jesus was the one who could change him. He didn't know how to talk to Jesus but he was going to do the best he could. And he cried out to Christ. And he believed that he could change. And that's what we need to do is use our faith and quit asking questions. Baptist people can ask more questions 
I don't know if you remember, I preached a sermon one time on the dumbest questions I've been asked as a preacher. I mean, I mean, we always got questions. We don't have time for questions. Let's get busy. We, we don't have time to have a debate. Let's get busy. Uh, we, we, need to, we don't question the Bible. We don't question what's right. We just get going and stay busy. And you believe you can change. It doesn't matter who you are. You can cry out to Jesus. You don't have to go through a pope. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through a reverend. You don't even have to go through your mother-in-law. You can just go yourself and ask Jesus. And then, of all things, what he must have felt when Jesus recognized him. Everybody starts saying, well, he's calling for you. They've all been trying to get him shut up. But now they're, he's calling for you. They wouldn't act like they were spiritual now, you know. We were praying for you all the time. But now he's, he's calling for him. He's calling for you. And how he must have felt when that took place. And the thrill. And, and, and here we see again our Savior. The cry of faith he always stops for. The cry of faith always gets his ear and his attention. The cry of faith will make God do great and mighty things. And God wants to hear our faith and hear from us about our faith. And uh, here is this, here is Jesus stood still. And everybody's in amazement. And I believe today that Jesus is looking for somebody to stand still for. He'll stand still for your home if you need him to. He'll stand still for your children if you need him to. He'll stand still for the building of this building. Buildings. He'll stand still for all that you want to do in life. And he cares about you. Casting all your care upon him for he cares for you, the Bible says. He cares for you. And you can believe that you can change. And all he's looking for is somebody to cry out in faith like he did. And the next thing we find about his cry here was, he admitted what he really needed. You know, we, 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 we always want something, but we don't want to say what it is we need. We don't want to reveal our weakness. We want, don't want to reveal where we feel like we come short. And uh, he, he begins to cry out in verse 51. Uh, he says again, Lord, that I might receive my sight. Lord, that I might receive my sign. You see, what we really do need to do is admit what we really need. There are other people who can guess what you need, but you know what you need. I'm talking to Christian people tonight who know what they need to do and know what they ought to do. The question is, will you do it? He knows what you need. Why don't you just surrender to him and tell him what it is? Why don't you agree with God? So you, you know, to get saved, what do you do? You agree with God. You're a sinner. You can't save yourself. Well, you're in a mess, and you can't get yourself out of it, I can tell you right now. Or you got you know, these dreams you want to fulfill in your life, but you can't do it unless you depend upon the Lord to do it. So you've got to come where you admit what you need. Admit it. You're blind. I mean, what good would it have if he pretended he could see? He's blind, so he might as well say, I'm blind. 
I, I mean, you ought to talk to the Lord honestly. Honestly. Man, I talk, I talk horrible about myself to the Lord when I do something dumb. And uh, I, I don't want to be that way. I want to learn. I want to grow. But I'm going to be honest with God. And we have to come to where we just admit what we really need. This is what I need. And stop beating around the bush. And stop always asking why. And stop always him hawing around. You see, God wants our weakness. You know that? None of you have any strength that God needs. No, 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 nobody here does. God doesn't need any of our strength. But he needs our weakness. If we give him our weakness, he can do great and mighty things with us. If we hold on, though, he can't do anything with us. So I'm saying to you tonight, as, as an old man, just give up. Just give up to God and let him have you and let him have your weakness. Say, well, I preach, you know, I, I'm, I'm bad about this, bad about that. Okay, okay, we know how bad you are. It's obvious. <laughs> you miss my sarcasm, don't you? <laughs> Not much because I hear the guy preaching here. You, 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 you got to just admit admit what you need. Admit who you are. That's the hardest thing to do. What do you really need? Quit beating around the bush. He's blind. Can't admit it. For spiritual things, we need to admit what we need. If we need more of God's goodness in our life, we need to ask for it. You know, God doesn't want you lacking. We need to put our pride aside. That's the whole thing. So many times you hear people say, well, I just don't like to ask anybody for anything. Well, you know what? That's okay sometimes, but sometimes that's dumb. I was good. I said dumb. You need to, but sometimes, you, I mean, sometimes God puts you in a spot to ask for something because you're full of pride. And you think you have all the answers, and you think you can get out of any circumstance. So God has a way of putting you in a circumstance where you can't get out any way but cry. So don't be so full of pride. You know that God puts people on this earth to help each other and, and to depend upon each other. And we need to admit what we really need and, and not say, well, I, I just don't, didn't want to say anything. I, I, through the years, so many people come preach. I just, I just couldn't ask. I couldn't, just couldn't say it. I just couldn't tell you. Well, thanks a lot. No, you need to tell it. You need, if you've got something in your heart you need to talk about, you need to go to the pastor and talk to him about it. God wants to meet your needs, but you know what? He's going to not let you know how he's going to do it. And he'll meet them in some ways that you can't even fathom and understand. So admit what you really need. Number four, quit worrying about what others will say about you. One of my biggest problems. The Bible says, and many charged him that he should hold his peace Zacchaeus, I mean, Zacchaeus, we're going to get Zacchaeus in this story before it's over. I think he's going to do the personal work at the end when we get here. But... Bartimaeus, be quiet. Quiet. So what did he do? Jesus! 
and just keep on louder. The more they see, you, you got to be a self motivator. And you got to learn to be motivated by doubters and by people who, who are unsaved and don't know any better. And he cried the more. He cried the more. And we can't worry about what others say about us and what we're doing. We got to be motivated by our fellowship with Christ. Our fellowship with him is worth anything anybody says about us. You know, I, I've had a lot of things said about me and it would fill volumes of books. But you know, it doesn't keep me awake at night much. It doesn't bother me a whole lot. And it doesn't bother me at all, as a matter of fact. But uh, we need to quit worrying about what others say. You know, because we, you know, this is, the, this is the line here. Well, I'm my own man. I want everybody to know I'm my own man. You got it? I'm my own man. Anthony, you got it. You're your own man. Come on. Yeah, you're your own man. Yeah. I'm my own man. I'm my own man. I'm my own man. You know, an own, your own man is an empty man. Your own, you're being your own man is a lonely man. And it's a lonely lady. So you, you want to be so tight and so holding on to your life. You've got to learn if you want to be happy, if you want to enjoy God's blessings, you've got to learn to walk alone. Oh, Learn this great secret of the song in the garden. Sing it till it becomes reality in your life. You know, you decide not to change when, before you have to change. You decide to keep persevering before you have to persevere. And you need to be singing that song and believing it. He walks with me and talks to me, does he? Does he tell you he's his own? Does he tell you he'll never leave you and forsake you? He'll never leave you nor forsake you? He'll, I mean... If you hear that from him, what are you worried about? What are we thinking about? Quit worrying about what others will say and learn to walk alone. You ever notice the people that are always going to have a crowd with them? Well, you don't find great people, great men who have crowds. You find great men who walk alone, who spend time with God alone. You find great ladies who know what it is to fellowship with God. And walk alone with God. Oh, tonight we spend too much time with humanity and not enough with our Savior. Learn to walk alone and quit worrying about what others are saying because you know what? They're always going to have something to say. I promise you that. Number five, stop waiting for ideal circumstances. Stop waiting for ideal circumstances. Now, this, this old guy's got a lot against him here. They're all telling him to shut up and be quiet. Uh, he doesn't know if anybody's hearing him or anything. And he's there and he, he's waiting. He could have said, well, I'm just going to have to be quiet and wait for this crowd to thin out. Well, the crowd would have probably never thinned out. Jesus would have been gone. Or I'm going to have to come back another day and hear Jesus somewhere. Well, he's blind. How's he going to follow Jesus anywhere? How's he going to do that? Stop waiting for ideal circumstances. You see, that's what you all have to do. Well, preacher, I know I ought to be serving God in the church. Well, why won't you start doing it? I ought, to go, I ought to go to the pastor and tell him that I'm willing to work, give me something to do. I want to do it. Well, why don't you do it? Uh, you say, well, I can't do much. You can pray. Get a prayer list and pray. But 
Stop waiting for ideal circumstances. Well, as soon as the kids are grown, and uh, as soon as my job changes, and I, as soon as that changes, uh, that's nothing but excuses, folks. I mean, he could have said, I'm going to wait. I've got to wait. It's just not an ideal time for me. It's not a good time. That's the favorite thing people say. That, I know this is good, but it's just not a good time for me. Well, what do you mean it's not a good time for you? You're always going to be blind. When's a good time for him? He's always going to be blind. That's not going to change. He's blind. Uh, he can't see it. He's not going to be able to see. Well, the crowd's always in the way. I just can't get through. Big crowds bother me, and I just can't get through them, and I feel smothered, and I can't get through the crowd. Well, you know something? There's always going to be people in your way. There's always people in your way. There's people you work with in your way. Sad to say your own family's in your way sometimes. And others are in your way. You have, to, you have to put all that aside. And you have to make up your mind to do the right thing. And so stop waiting for the ideal circumstances. Then number six, you're going to have to do something bold and daring. You're going to have to take a chance, but it's not a chance. You're going to just make up your mind that you're going to renunciate everything about you that you don't like and you want to change. If I wasn't old and crippled, I would be moving around now and I'd take my coat off and I'd throw it over there to Brother Farber and I would, uh, I would renunciate and I would try to demonstrate to you you've got to do something bold and daring. I'd get out here and walk, walk along the, the steps and, and really show you I could do something bold and daring. Uh, but that, that would really be stupid, but I'm not going to, I said it, I'm sorry. I, I always backslide. But uh, you, you had to do something bold and daring. See, for you to surrender to God would probably be the most daring thing you've ever done. There's some of you young men, why don't you have the courage? You, Lord, I'm just going to give myself to you. Why don't you just do it? You don't need permission to do it. Where we get the idea we gotta we gotta get permission. And you guys, you 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 you, you your big hallmark is you don't get permission. I mean, why don't you make up your mind? I'm gonna do something for God. Could God put you on the mission field? Yes, he could. Could God put you in a pulpit one day? Yes, he could. Don't mean he will if you surrender. Could he put you just teaching a Sunday school class? Could he put you in a, in a, in a school class? You know what's a shame? We, we don't have, churches are calling, churches are, are in such need today. We don't have enough Christian school teachers anymore. And I guarantee you they're going to start trying to poach hours because everybody's looking for them. Hey, you could do, you could do some good in somebody's life being a school teacher. I was a school teacher once. You believe that? My principal sitting right back there, Brother Hudson. I did not want to do it. But I did it for a year. I'm going to get the martyr's crown in heaven for it. But <laughs> I, I, I did it for a year. But you know what? I had a blessing. And I, and I look at some of those kids now. Sometimes you get to keep up with some of them. And one of them is right here. 
The reason for her success, Miss Stanley, I was her teacher. <laughs> but I, I love I love those kids. You know, you love people if you start trying to help them, caring about them. And there's some young people that lives can be transformed in a classroom. They can be transformed. Somebody to get, get in their ear and get in their heart and love them and talk to them and spend the time with them to make a difference in their life. So won't some of you do something bold and daring? Aren't you tired of defeat? Aren't you tired of saying, well, I'm going to read my Bible through, and you had not done it yet. You're defeated. Some of you still, you're in Genesis for the eighth time this year. Just move on from that and just read your Bible every day. I mean, it's time to do something. The Bible will change your life, and it'll change your life to invest what you learn from the Word of God in somebody else, and you guys ought to think about doing something like that with your life. You ladies ought to think about doing something like that for your life. It, it, we need to get back to where it's an honor to serve Jesus. It's an honor to follow him. It's an honor to give ourselves to the cause of Christ. As I said a while ago, I've been serving God a long time, over half a century. And you know what? If I could go back again, I would enlist again, and I would start out again. And it's been the greatest life in the world, and it's greatest satisfaction in the world to serve God. So there's some of you, you could do it. Some of you might even be retired. You could, you could go to work. Again, I mean, some of you could graduate. Some, I know some of you get out of the military and you go get you another job. That's your second career. Make your second job teaching. I ain't getting any amens there. Well, I guess you weren't too smart to join the military anyway, so I guess. <laughs> oh, come on. Do something bold and daring with your life. Don't you just like adventure? Oh, so that's, that's, I'll tell you, it's, it must be different today because as a young man, you were an adventurer when I was going. You're an adventurer. Even if you thought it would hurt you, you still wanted it. God wanted to do something with our lives, to make a difference with our lives. Do it now. He had to do it now. Verse 50, he just jumped right in. He casting away his garment, rose and went to Jesus. He didn't wait on anything. He didn't wait on anybody. He just got up and went to him and said, I'm going to him. I don't know where you are right now, Lord, but I'm with you. I'm coming. But he went immediately to Christ to follow Christ. And now he is following Jesus in verse number 52. And Jesus said unto him, Go thy way, thy faith hath made thee whole. And immediately he received his sight. Then notice I like this. He was told to go his way. But what did he do when he could see? He followed Jesus in the way. That's what I'm talking about. Follow Jesus in the way. Find him where you found him. Follow him. You ask him, you want something to change in your life? I think these are some good principles here. I know I don't preach like I used to preach, and I know my voice is not too good to listen to, but I tell you one thing, the truth of what I just gave you is good. And you need to make up your mind that your life's going to count for something. I mean, 
we all can stand at the judgment seat of Christ one day and receive something from our Savior. You just think, of all these people, it's like I know pastor picks on two teachers here all the time, two lady teachers here all the time, uh, who've been here from eternity, past. <laughs> Miss Nelson and Miss Triplett. But I hired them now, so, so I have to stick up for them a little bit. They're tough. I'm trying to think of something else. Now. I mean, uh, 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 would you think of how many lives they have touched? How many they have affected in a good way? They've been affected. He said, of all the hundreds of students that they've had, if just one or two of them does something for God, amounts to something, that's theirs. That's the wonderful thing about serving God together. We all can get part of that when we get to heaven. The one who puts the money in the offering plate, the one who comes and makes the calls on visitations, the one who works on a bus route, the ones who sing in the choir, the ones who come every Sunday faithfully. Hey, God wants to use you. I'm here to tell you tonight, if I can't tell you nothing else, it's worth it. No regrets. No regrets. Now tonight, do an old man a favor tonight. And boy, that pains I never thought I'd be that old man. That's it's so hard to get used to. Go preach somewhere. Brother Neil's the oldest man. They make it sound like he's the oldest man in the world. But I, don't know. But I, 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 my life is still so important to me. I don't want to be on the shelf. I want God to use me. Oh, tonight, help me out. Help me out. Let's surrender to do something for God. Help me out. Help your pastor out. Help this church out. And one day as we all are in heaven together, rejoicing together, what God has done with us. If you're not involved in something, get involved. I mean, just, just show up. I mean, these guys are going out so winning, just, just get in the car with them. They'll figure it out eventually. Just, just, just get along with them. Uh, uh, that's what you got to do. But let God use you. Let God use you. God bless your families. God bless all of you. Pray for the staff. Pray for the people here who are in leadership. And let's see God do something great. Greater, greater, greater. He's already done great things. There's greater things. I'm telling you, folks. I know you're getting tired of hearing about the, the dirt. And you're getting tired of hearing about the trees. You want to see the real stuff take place. You want to see, you, you keep talking about it, we're going to come up here and blow up some stumps with dynamite or something. But, uh, he, but you, you, you got to be patient. I promise you, it's happening. It's happening. And it's going to happen quicker than you could imagine. And you're going to be so excited. But when it's, I hope you, if you've ever been to a big building program, let me tell you something. When it starts, you better be holding on to something. Because it's going to go so fast and so quick and move so quick that you better be hanging on and holding on and we are going to need those workers. Pastor talks about he needs workers. 
especially if we're going to grow, we've got to have workers. So the best workers would be those that God touched their heart, who really would let God do something in their heart. Let me challenge you tonight. Present yourself a living sacrifice. Let's pray. Father.